This is a crowd podcast. Welcome to Go Love Yourself, brought to you by Simply Be, fashion fit for everybody. It's called The Miserables, no one should be canoodling. I know, there's people like dying left, right, on centre, on stage, and they're getting jiggy in the back. My girl, Laura, how are you? How was your Easter and bank holiday weekend? It was good. It was really nice, thank you. Yeah, I, do you know what? I bloody love Easter. Like, I feel like love it's Easter. the best time of year and it's the best celebration because you get, like, all the kind of good food <laughs> and, like, yeah. joys of it, like you do at Christmas. <laughs> But without the present buying, it's just like, you've just got to buy Easter eggs for everybody, which is fine. It is the best. And we go in our house, we basically have it as Christmas 2.0. So mum does like a full lamb dinner. Sorry about the lambs. Um, We go for like pigs in blankets and everything. It's so good. Yeah, definitely. I'm all about the roast dinner on the Easter weekend, as many as possible. Plus, obviously, chocolate for breakfast, loads of hot cross buns. Just Easter bacon for me is like the best. I, I don't know if it's just me. I really hope that there's some empathy out there for me. I just don't come across like a monster. But I must have bought... I dread to count how many Easter eggs I've bought for my nieces. For my, I was <laughs> and for my friends' kids. And I've just been eating them. And there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what my favourite thing at the moment is waking up and then, like, I'm a bit of a night owl, right? So I like to work into the evenings, like, quite late. So I get up, like, sort of late, like, half eight, quarter to nine, and then I've like, just been some, not every morning, but just some mornings. They're only small, but just grabbing an Easter egg and just having it. Chowing down on an Easter egg. It's like the ultimate <laughs> indulgence. And I've just, honestly, what am I going to do with Easter eggs? I'm shocked <laughs> it is the worst. Like, cream eggs are my absolute favourite things in the entire world. Like, I literally would go to oh, war yeah, for are, a cream egg, they? right? And uh, <laughs> But then they come out of the shops, literally the day before Easter. They're not to be seen again until the 1st of January. Don't worry about it. But what am I going to do for, like, the next nine months? Laura, what are you going to do with that mini eggs? I, I don't know. I'm already feeling bereft without them. <laughs> I, although I have, I have kind of got a little bit sick of them because I ate so many. Yes. <laughs> do you ever do that with like a meal that you love or a snack that you love and then you just eat so much of it and then you're like, I never want to eat it again. Like I always do that. I get like really obsessed with a certain dinner and then I like make it like four times a week and then I'm like, oh, that was nice. Never going to eat that again. Lauren, I'm guessing you can't relate to that as you can't cook for shit. <laughs> Am I right? Look, listen, it's not that I can't, it's that I won't, okay? I <laughs> Deliveroo is too tempting. So you all know by now how much we love a floral midi dress, but Simply B has got a brand new collection that is just... It's just next level. Uh, it's actually a collaboration with Flourish, which is a florist and plant shop in the Northwest. So if you're from around Manchester, you'll know just how exciting this is. And honestly, I think this is, we've just been talking about it. This might be the most dreamy Simply Be collection that I've ever seen. So it's 17 pieces and they are, this is so lovely. They are inspired by all the beautiful flowers within Flourish, um, but with the amazing Simply Be fit that we know and love. So it's dark florals, watercolour florals, hand-painted, digital printed, and they're just really beautiful pieces. Yeah, they've got loads of different shapes too. So like everything from romantic maxi dresses to wide leg trousers, uh, uh, prom dresses and bodycons. There's literally something for 
everyone and for every occasion that you could possibly think of. Uh, I mean, Laura, I'm not going to lie, I've got my eye on a couple. Um, <laughs> you'll be shocked to hear. There's one that's kind of this sort of pinky peach and it's got these water, like these these pastely watercolour like type flowers on and it just feels that's very like... No, we can't! <laughs> I'm, I'm glad we're not the same size. <laughs> but it just doesn't feel... It feels a bit Bridgerton, feels a bit rom-commy. Yeah. I can see myself in that but they also, like, so neither of us really wear trousers a lot, but they do have these beautiful floral printed trousers, which mm-hmm. I'm really quite interested by. Me too. They're like black satiny with like these gorgeous bright floral print on. And yeah, I'm actually thinking about ditching the dresses to actually wear trousers because they're so pretty, like genuinely. That's lovely. how pretty they are. <laughs> The collection launches on the 20th of April, so that's tomorrow if you're listening on the day this episode comes out. And we've even got a 20% off discount code for our fabulous listeners. So if you fancy buying something from the Simply Be website, you can use our code POD20, that's P-O-D and the numbers two and zero. So today's guest is actress, author and vlogger Carrie Hope Fletcher. Welcome Carrie, how are you doing? Thank you for having me, I'm good, really good, excited to be here. We are so excited to have you, we are both such, you know, we've talked about it, we're both such huge musical theatre fans, we've both followed you for ages as well, so we are so, so happy to have you on here. Ah, uh, thank you. Thanks for asking me. So we kind of have a philosophy that how you look is the least interesting thing about you. Love that. So we're trying to inspire people to be confident in themselves and just kind of not think of themselves as like, you know, not overthink about how we look and things like that. So what is the most interesting thing about you? Okay, right. The most interesting thing about me, I think, feel free to disagree. <laughs> I feel like people will probably disagree. Um, but I think it's my love of storytelling. Everything I do, every like job that I have is all geared towards telling stories, whether that's on stage, telling the story of Cinderella or Eponine or whoever, um, whether it's writing books, it's telling stories of characters that I've created, or if it's on YouTube, it's me, it's telling like my story and what I'm up to and like my um, weird life journey. Um, and it's just something that I, I love doing um, so much so that I've literally made everything I do in my life <laughs> to do with storytelling. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I would say that's the most interesting thing about me. Oh, my God, that's such a good answer. Literally everything. <laughs> everything. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big fan of that answer. <laughs> oh, thanks. And Lauren Lauren was an OG fan back from your YouTube oh, days. Oh, let me just oh tell you God. this, girlfriend. Yeah, so I'm an OG fan. I'm a, and I'm hoping I've got this right, I'm a It's Way Past My Bedtime. Oh, my God, like proper old school. My God. My, like you doing like <laughs> uh, covers with the vamps on your bed kind of like old school. So. And that like predates musical theatre as well. Like my yeah. adult musical theatre life she's a proper stalker like proper like you know she's a fan she's a fan yeah, you're just fabulous and you're so right oh, you're the, you. the most interesting about you is your storytelling you do it really well and it's always Thanks. really interesting as well and it's never kind of like just for storytelling sake and stuff and I've read some of your books as well so yeah I'm gonna stop fangirling <laughs> can I ever go so I first fell in love with Carrie when I saw you in Heather's so I hadn't actually seen the musical before I never even listened to it and like now it's honestly one of my all-time favorite musicals but I, my favourite scene, I have to say, is when you... So it's Dead Girl Walking scene. Yeah, and I, what a I, song. I wasn't expecting it. So there's a song called Dead Girl Walking, right? And Carrie basically rides, like, the, the main yeah. character, JD, takes her top off and she's got this beautiful bra on and she's literally, like, mock having sex with him on stage. Yeah. I've got a lot. Honestly, I was a bit like, oh, my God. 
and um, it was incredible uh, and to see you like just like loving your body and just embracing yeah. it and just going for it honestly like I was so empowered by that and I think that's what started my love affair but oh, yeah that was incredible yeah it was a bit daunting um going into the show knowing that scene was coming up and knowing that that was something that I would have to do because I've never done anything like that before you know I played like Eponine who very much keeps all of her clothes on thank you very much <laughs> she's like a nun basically yeah. <laughs> she's like a nun all the time so to suddenly be given this role but I, do you know what I I was really um honoured to have been given the chance to play that role because you know the the conventional musical theatre leading lady is always of a certain size and so to have someone who and you know I I'm still like in the the middle of this I'm like I'm, I'm an average UK sized yeah. woman I'm a size 14 um but the production team the directors they had literally like there was never a question about that it was just well you can sing it you can act it so why shouldn't you play the role um and and I think that's the attitude that everyone should have when it comes to casting mm. if they can sing it if they can act it and they're the best person for that role then it regardless of anything regardless mm. of anything they should they should be playing it yeah have you found that it's not that's not always the case because I can imagine that like there's a lot of tight casting going on yeah like, obviously nowhere near the amount of success that you've had but I used to do like amateur dramatics and I was well even like three four years ago and I loved it but the the roles that were available it was always like the kind of um matronly ones or the mother like ones and yeah it was really really hard have you found that like when yeah you... and there's you know I feel like theatre is way ahead of the curve when it comes to entertainment because I think it's mainly just because of how how many times you have to recast a part because they get mm. to a point when you have to start widening the net because you're now on your 30th person playing this role so you've you've got to start looking everywhere um whereas with like tv and film you cast one person for the part and that's it no one's ever going to play that part again and if they do it won't be for like another 20 years when they remake the movie um but theater it's being recast every six months to a year um so I feel like theatre has had to be way ahead of the curve because of that um mm. and if things are changing slowly within the industry um because people are just shouting even louder now that it has to change and that you can't get away with doing that kind of stuff anymore um but yeah there is a certain level of I was having a conversation literally yesterday with a friend of mine who's in theatre um because there are only so many roles available for bigger women uh, and that shouldn't be the case. So you are, you do end up playing Madam T or Martha Dunstock in Heather's or Tracy Turnblad. We were talking about this yesterday, or like Effie or um, yeah. the character in Waitress, and those seem to be those are the fat characters or the bigger characters, and that's it. And it's always the fat, funny ones as well. It's never like the main love interest, is it? And that really pisses me off. You're either the comedy part, and you're f yeah. and mm. you're often funny because you're fat. Yes, yeah. it's yeah. not you're funny because you're just a funny character. It will always yeah, yeah. there will always be a weight joke in there. There will always be something to do with the fact that the character is larger, or the or the 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 part is entirely based around their weight, whether it's funny yes. or not. It's about the character yeah. being bigger. It's never yeah. just, they're the love interest because <laughs> big people fall in love too. Like, God forbid yeah, yeah. we ever just tell a story where yeah. people in larger bodies have the same experiences and go on the same adventures mm. and have the same life scenarios than everybody I else. I want to see a fat alphabet. Yes. So yes. Oh my God. I want to see that. That's so true. Do you watch This Is Us? So Chrissy Metz, like I love Chrissy Metz so much. And like, I noticed like when I was watching her, the first kind of like 
one or two seasons of it and I was like oh my god this is amazing seeing someone that kind of looks like me on telly and then I just realized that the whole storyline was just all about her weight and it really like kind of got to me and I was like they I think they've realized that now because the last two or three seasons it's just not mentioned and I'm like Thank yeah, God like you can have someone who isn't in a kind of standard size body and that not be anything about them. Like you said, she still has, you know, her personal struggles. I really recommend it, by the way. I love This Is Us. <laughs> um, if you haven't seen it, it's great. But yeah, it's it's so important. Representation is so important. Like growing up, I never saw anyone that looked like me in magazines or on TV unless they were being made fun of. You know, like we talk about this a lot about like 90s diet culture. See people like Jessica Simpson, who was a size 12 being called fat. I, I genuinely, I thought she was fat. I thought she was fat when I was 15. I was like, oh yeah, the she's really less. The one that always shocks me is Bridget Jones when she's talking yes. in a film about how yes. big she is and how she's got to lose. And she says she wants to lose something like ridiculous, like 15 pounds. And she's already like nine stone, whatever. And I'm like, my leg weighs nine stone. I know, that's outrageous. <laughs> yeah. Outrageous. But I remember being cast as... Um, as Eponine and being told by, and bear in mind, this was when I was, I was like 10 stone nothing. I was 20 and I was being referred to as the butch Eponine by someone on the creative <gasps> team. It's like to oh my, my face. God. And I was no. like, okay, no. so does this mean, and at the time, you know, I was young. I sort of just took it and, you know, I was just very much concentrating on just doing the job. It was my dream role. So I was like, I just need to concentrate on doing this job. But now that I look back, I'm like, so that is not only so damaging to the person that it was said to, and what that then might do to my mindset and how I then may apply that comment to myself and, you know, my future. But also, are you then saying that no one bigger than me will ever play this role then? And you will treat them maybe even worse? I, I remember when I got cast as, uh, as Veronica, there were a few people like crying out because I, w- I wasn't skinny enough to play the part, which again is ridiculous. You can't hear eye rolls, but we're all eye rolling. <laughs> yeah. Ridiculous comment. Yeah. Especially because I am just like an average UK sized woman. Um, but then there was also the other side of things where people being like, yes, finally, like body diversity. And I, again, I was like, <laughs> no, like I'm, I'm happy being like a step in the right direction, but this yeah. isn't anywhere even close to what should be true representation of the people of the world. Like not even the UK, yeah. just of life. It's madness, actual madness. I follow so many uh, musical theatre people online and stuff and who, those who are bigger and they seem to be just rotating between those roles. But I want to see those, um, is it Mar- Marisha Wallace? Oh my I want to see her. Ridiculous. I want to see her voice in like an lead role in, in Wicked or in something else. And I just feel like I'm not going to. That's the thing. It's such a waste of talent. It's such a waste of talent. There are these women, these these bigger women in the industry who are ridiculous, like disgustingly talented to the point where it's rude. It's rude, quite (laughs) frankly, just how talented they are. And yet they've got like five roles to choose from and they won't be seen for any other lead roles because I have no answer. I have no reason. I don't know what the because is. Um, And it's, yeah, it's a massive waste of talent. And I also think that, audiences would go wild to see those people in uh, to, uh, playing Elphaba and playing Glinda and playing Fontaine and Eponine. And, you know, there are so many roles that I would kill to see Marisha Wallace play. <laughs> I'd be like, 
take the pin number to my card take my money. and just take yeah. the money take it all <laughs> and amber riley as well so when she played effie in dream girls oh, that was the first God. time i've seen a show uh, minus than after the pandemic because literally every show everyone's like going crazy for that had a standing ovation at the interval and that's because her talent is ridiculous but why is she oh, only playing effie or similar characters i want to mm. see her in everything and yeah you're yeah. so right the audiences just go mad for that you can see like we're getting really like <laughs> yeah. i want it but um audiences I would die to see. Yeah. Yeah. But would everyone else though? Like I'm not, I'm like, I would obviously, and I don't want to play devil's advocate, but like literally, I just literally in my head, all I can think about is, oh God, the fat shamers would be out in their oh, drives. my God. Moaning yeah. about but we don't it. want oh. their money. <laughs> what you do is you weed out the assholes who we don't want at the theatre anyway. Oh God. And the people, I'm sorry, um, this is completely off tangent, but like, I cannot tell you how many shows I've had ruined by people talking, singing, <laughs> rustling, <laughs> rustling sweets just fuck off stay at home stop ruining my experience i've been looking forward to this for months Honestly, anyway. i mean we've we've had some amazing stories from uh audiences over the years like people bringing in their own pizza express and sitting like front row with their Shut takeaway pizza the front door the worst part was though is that i was so hungry i was like please give me some i want some <laughs> Uh, but we, uh, we've had people thrown out as well for um, canoodling, shall I say? <laughs> canoodling and getting a little bit too into their canoodling. At, wi- in- at which show can I just say? Liz! It's called The Miserables! No one should be canoodling! <laughs> I know, there's people like dying left, right, on centre on yeah. stage and they're getting it's a jiggy revolution. in the back. <laughs> it's, not, it's not the most romantic of No, them. definitely <laughs> not. On, is it? Oh dear. That has absolutely yeah. made my day. Like, yeah, just the thought of, yeah, there'd be the revolution on stage and bring him home on and then all of a sudden there's just some Apparently they got pretty frisky. It got no. very, very handy, handsy to the point where they literally had to be asked to leave. That is yeah. so... Excellent. (laughs) It's time for a quick ad break to tell you all about Skin and Me. If you're feeling a bit lost in the skincare world, Skin and Me could be really good for you because they actually offer powerful, personalised skincare that does really work. All you have to do is take an online consultation and share some selfies and then they sort out the rest. Yeah, I've been using it for about um, five to six weeks now and I can honestly say that I've seen a huge difference in my skin. So um, I remember uploading some photos while I was getting my nails done in the nail salon and I was like, oh God. But I could really see in that light the pigmentation on my cheeks. Um, And I said right at the bat, didn't I, on the podcast in January, like I really want to get better at skincare, but I don't know the order to do it in. I just don't know anything about skincare, right? I just found it so, yeah, so overwhelming. So with this, and I... I never, ever, ever plug anything I don't love. You know that about me. Um, I love it because it's all there. It's all one thing. It's done. And then like it's designed by dermatologists. So it's quite like it's like you said, it's powerful ingredients. Mm. It's not like just something that you can pick up um, off the shelf. Um, and I also really love the fact that you get like a daily doser. So I never know how much to put on. Um, but with this, you just twist it. And then when you hear the click, it means that that's like your product for the day. And the added bonus is that they're sustainable. So there's no excess packaging um, and they deliver it to your door every month so it's really convenient as well I haven't got to worry about going to the shops and kind of getting like 10 products it's literally just delivered to my door and it even has my name on it <laughs> so cute pharmacy level skincare with your name on is just is just it isn't it i like that a lot so if you'd like to try skin and me we've got a really good deal for you you can actually get your first month for just a three pound fifty pharmacy fee with code love that's l-o-v-e to get your first month for three pound fifty when it usually costs 24.99 <laughs> 
so my story carries that I've I've gained a lot of weight in the last few years um, and I do feel my my lovingly my wonderful friends and family don't treat me any differently because why would they exactly. but the world I live in is very different um, and I do feel people judge and stuff like that do you feel that looking different now to what you do as you did when you were 20 because obviously you do you were basically a teenager yeah. um, do you feel you know the comments that you get the kind of is there any pressure in your industry that kind of thing that's what we sort of wanted to ask you about I am very lucky in that I have never experienced it from my peers from people that I work work with like no one has ever said anything to me bar yeah. that person I, honestly, who, I think who made no that comment cares. years ago <laughs> yeah I don't think anyone cares no one cares and I think as long as you are a nice human being and you are doing your job to the best of your ability I, I mean, a few extra pounds is not going to suddenly make me hit a bum note every now and again. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like exactly. I can still sing "I Dreamed a Dream" fairly okay without, uh, yeah, you know, fairly like, okay. Yeah, it doesn't to say like, come on, <laughs> we saw you, we know what it was like. <laughs> but the size of my waist has no impact on my voice. So exactly. as long as I am able yeah. to sing those songs and act the story and tell the story convincingly. It doesn't matter. Um, so yeah, I've been ve- I've been very lucky because I know that I you know I've spoken to to friends who are also in the industry who haven't been so lucky and have had some awful experiences. Um, but yeah, I've I've been very lucky to not have that be an issue um, with my peers and the people that I work for who hire me. Um, there definitely have been comments from fans of musical theatre. Yeah, how do you deal with that? It's hard, um, but I always. I always find it harder to deal with comments about who I am and me as a person and the job that I'm doing because I really care about my job like I really care that I'm doing yeah the job to the to my best of to the best of my abilities um comments about my appearance I'm like I I have no like active role in how I look I'm just existing I wake <laughs> up and I look like this <laughs> that that's that's the end of that um so if someone's like you know having a a, a go at the way that I look regardless of whether it's about weight or not if they're having a go about anything to do with my appearance it's like well this is just what I look like so you're just gonna have to deal with that and that's kind of the end of it but if someone has a go at like who I am as a person and you know I remember god like two years ago someone had a go at me not being a good enough friend to my friends and that absolutely destroyed me like I was like oh my god as like a personal attack rather than like you said something you can't control because yeah, and it goes back to that whole, the way you look is the least interesting thing about yeah. you. Like, let's just not talk about it. And like you say, you, you can't help how you look. Your face is your face. Like, exactly. You know, it's just boring. Let's talk about something else. But yeah, no, it's hard. I mean, like when I sort of got announced for Bake Off, I remember the first thing that I read about myself was like, oh, someone's eating all the practice cakes oh or God, whatever everyone else is. I hate people so much. That was the first thing I read about myself. And I was like, oh, well, this is a good start. <laughs> and then there obviously was things like that. But then like, to be honest with you, like now they just walk off a duck's back. I'm like, yes, I am fat. It's an adjective. I, I am fat. Like, and what like I don't care it's like, like yeah congratulations you have eyes <laughs> exactly. with which you can yeah. see and you know we're trying to like I'm working really hard like Laura was saying about her story I've always been big right and I have an issue with the word fat just because it was always used as an insult so from like eight years old it'd be like I was always the fat kid or like the one that no one wanted to get off with at the school disco because I was fat and like so I am really trying hard to reclaim it but it's really hard yeah. dealing with sort of negative stuff online and I do find it like you say I think it is the more personal stuff though like if people like oh she's really annoying and I'm like oh I don't want to be yeah. annoying love me 
Um, but it is really hard. Like, how do you kind of... Because I, I do feel like you come in for some really unfair criticism, to be honest with you. And I don't know, is that just part of being in a public eye? Like, how do you cope with that? Because you deal with anxiety as well, don't you? Oh, God, I yeah. I, I was diagnosed with anxiety two years ago now. Oh, join the club, hon. It's all oh, good. We just don't go anxiety up in here. <laughs> so I'm like a textbook overthinker and, uh, and a worrier. And, you know, I'm up half the night pretty much every night going over scenarios in my brain from things from like 20 years ago from when I was like nine years old (laughs) um (laughs) but uh yeah I I do find it difficult and the the horrible thing is that it's kind of like this weird conflict between yes I do expect a level of negativity because I am in the public eye because I have however many followers on Instagram because my job is very much being in the public and being seen by a thousand people every night you do expect a level of criticism and a level of negativity but at the same time you're like why why should I expect people to be assholes to me every day and why should I be expected just to take that on board and you know I find it so hard when people are like oh just ignore it and like but people make it so difficult and you shouldn't have to ignore like yeah I just it's I'm so conflicted with stuff like that because I'm like yeah I get it I get it. The more people that watch you every day, the larger chance there is that a percentage of those people aren't going to like who you are and that's fine. But then why should I expect or why should anyone expect those people then to hurl abuse at you and you've just got to let them? I remember someone saying to me once, um, if you can't fix it in five minutes, like if the person cannot fix it in five minutes, don't don't comment on their appearance. So if it's like they've got like mascara halfway down their Ooh, eye, like they can fix that. That's like something that can be like, you know, smudged out the way. Yeah. But and also, it, I mean, that doesn't really apply because no one who is bigger needs fixing. But it is just the sense that you shouldn't comment on on anyone's appearance. Like if if it's like they've got a bogey hanging out their nose, then maybe say something. Yeah. Spinach in the teeth. Yeah. Maybe let them know. But otherwise, piss off. <laughs> That's awesome. So we talk a lot about, you know, confidence and like accepting yourself. And obviously we've spoken about it a lot today. Um, I loved the video that you did. I think I was going to say last year, it was, like, it was a year before when you did a TikTok video of you in bikini outside. And you were like, just a reminder that everybody is a bikini body. Have you always been comfortable with your body? Or has that been like a, I hate using the word journey. It's like, but has that been like a journey for you? Um, I think, because when I was at Les Mis the first time and I was, you know, smaller than I am now, I feel like as I've gained weight over the years, as pretty much everyone does, um, uh, the, I've been more, I've been aware of it. I've been aware of my body growing and changing and doing different things and it looking differently to how I used to look. Um, so there has been a bit more of a struggle mentally with that over the last few years, especially as like comments roll in. There's not been a single role that I've played thus far where I haven't been body shamed. Who's bloody who's body shaming Fontaine? You're literally covered head to toe. The, you like you die early on. Like come I on. I didn't now. look like I was starving though, and I didn't look like oh. I was dying of consumption. Um, but I was like, sorry, sorry, sorry. You want someone to be literally starving to play Fontaine? Do you not realise how problematic oh. that is? You want someone to be oh near God. death. They like there's there's a level of like method that we don't need to go yeah. to. Yeah, <laughs> Christ, that's awful. Oh, and if you had Lord. lost weight as well, then people would have had a yeah, sense someone to say about that, wouldn't they? As of well, course. but that is unnecessary and and spiteful, and that's hurtful. It's not nice. Yeah. So that I've I think because the job that I have is so um, heavily focused on appearance, 
Um, there have been slightly more barbed comments that I've got that have sort of hit home and, and got me a little bit. Um, but like I've said, you know, I, I have to just keep reminding myself that I've been, I've, I've got the part now. <laughs> like there's nothing these people can do. Like I, I've got the part, I've been cast for a reason. The people whose opinions matter are the producers and the creative team. They've already made their decision. They've already stated their opinion by giving me this part. So, And even in like Cinderella, so um, for those of you who don't know, Carrie is the leading lady in Angeloid Webber's Brandy Cinderella. I saw it with Lottie from Bake Off. Uh, ah. Was it last year? It was amazing. Oh, we loved thank it. you. I love the fact that in that, she she changes her appearance and, and the prince loves her anyway. He doesn't yeah. really like the kind I mean, of the new look. Cinderella, does he? Emerald Fennell, who wrote the book, she um, she won an Oscar for Promising Young Woman, which is a film that came out last last year. Mm. And she is just a genius. And she is such an incredible woman to have at the forefront of a story like Cinderella. Um, because when she was explaining the story that she had created for this version of Cinderella, and she was talking about the transformation scene, you know, everyone looks forward to watching Cinders get a makeover. Everyone loves her in the ball gown. They want to see her, you know, go from rags to this beautiful ball gown. Um, But the way that Emerald described it was that she wanted everyone to almost be devastated that Cinderella was going to go through this transformation because she talks through the whole of Act One about how she likes who she is and she likes how she looks. And she's not going to squeeze herself into a mould just because the monarchy of this town that she lives in says that she has to. Um, and basically the story of Cinderella in our version is there's this town called Belleville where everyone is perfect in air quotes. It's this ideal that the the queen of Belleville has come up with and she wants everyone to have Botox before their morning coffee. She needs everyone to have plastic surgery so that everyone's noses have the perfect shape. Um, everyone has to wear the same dresses. They need to squeeze themselves into corset. No one can be above a size, whatever. Um, and everyone complies to this and makes themselves miserable as a result. And Cinders is the only like self-aware character going, this is mad. This is so wild and so outrageous. And you're all making yourselves so miserable. And I just refuse to do that. I'm not going to sacrifice who I am and how uh, comfortable I am in my own skin and my own body and with my own beliefs. And my, I'm not going to do it. So see you later. And so for the whole of Act One, she's talking about how, you know, she's not going to sacrifice who she is just to look a certain way. Um, but then, you know, I'm not going to get too much away, but things happen to make her doubt that mindset. And so when it comes to the transformation and she does decide to change, suddenly this moment in a story that everyone usually is waiting for, where we can't wait to see her transform into this gorgeous, ball-ready woman... Um, everyone's a little bit heartbroken and they're like, oh, she's she's just sacrificed everything that she's, she's, she holds so dear just to please the guy that she's in love with. Oh, that's terrible. It is. It's sad, isn't it? We've all probably done it. I've definitely done it. Um, I think like the underdog is having its moment as well, don't you think? Like people that don't kind of conform to these like stereotypical like, um, yeah, like leading lady roles or, or any other kind of roles. They are seem to be having a moment. Like, do you think like, I think, is it enough or do you think more still can be done? Like I'm talking across theatre and film. Oh, so much more can still be done. This is just the tip of the iceberg. I think this is just like scratching the surface of how these stories can be retold or how old stories can just be updated, even if it's yeah. not like changing the story, just by casting new people. Like it, it, 
it shouldn't matter. And I feel like those mindsets are definitely changing. But the wonderful thing about Cinderella is that, li- like this version of Cinderella, is that literally anyone could play her. Oh, that's so true. Yeah, that is true, actually. Love that. All right, so we are here for, in the next few years, we want to see more inclusivity in terms of body image uh, and 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 what people look like in the West End. I'm very excited for that. <laughs> Definitely. And no one in fat suits, please. Oh, or God, please. Oh, my God, can we I just can't. ditch them, please? Please, can they go in the bin? Thank you. I'll make that my mission. I'll start sneaking around the West End and just burning all of the fat yes. suits that exist. <laughs> Like, literally, if you need some fat girls on stage, me and Laura, we're ready, we're waiting, yeah. we can't sing, but it's fine. <laughs> we want to take a quick break from today's episode to tell you all about HelloFresh. If you haven't heard of HelloFresh, they're the UK's number one recipe box kit, and it makes cooking fresh, delicious food so much more convenient because they send you exactly what you need, plus the instructions. Yeah, Laura, I actually saw on your Instagram that you tried one of the recipes. Funnily enough, my mum was sat in the garden with me the other day, and she was like... What was that thing that Lauren had from HelloFresh? <laughs> what was that? Because that looked amazing. And I was like, didn't it? It looks so good. Tell me about it. So it was the Korean-inspired steak that I chose first. And oh my God, the fl- like you're so, you said last time, like the flavours are so good. I wouldn't have cooked something like that. So it was delish. And when it arrived, this poor delivery guy just sort of my face was like it's here the food it's here and like, <laughs> so for me I'm I've been really terrible you know I don't really go food shopping and I do not I barely cook for myself so I live alone so something like HelloFresh is so good for me because I've got all the stuff and I, I can just cook it and it doesn't take too long and it was all delicious. I'm about to go and make another one right now. I'm very excited. So if you want to try it HelloFresh, you can use our code LOVEYOURSELF for 50% off your first box and 35% off your next three boxes. That's code LOVEYOURSELF, all one word, for 50% off your first box. Do you have any tips? Because you've done, um, I don't know if it was a couple of years ago, you did a really cool photo shoot and you had really short hair. I remember that. And you were in um, undies and stuff. And it was just like, oh my God, this is such a moment. Um, And I remember that being quite a first for you. And so probably hopefully from that point, have you got any tips for, you know, body confidence? And then also maybe how being on stage might impact that or it helps you on stage as well? I think you've hit the nail on the head with asking everyone like what the most interesting thing about them is aside from their bodies. I think it's so important just to put so much more weight on anything other than your weight. <laughs> I think that's yeah, no a quote. I but love I think that. you should give more weight to like there's so much in life that is way more important than the body you live in. It's the things that your brain does and also the things that your body can do. Like I ran a marathon last year. Oh, I mean, let's take like a lot of Never in my life. Thank you so much. <laughs> I feel like I, any chance I get, I will mention it. <laughs> but I never in a million years thought that I would be capable of, of running a marathon. Um, I just, that's not something that I feel comfortable doing. Just running is not, I've never been a runner. Like I'm not very good at physical exercise and never have been. Like even from when I was a kid, like I wouldn't move if I didn't have to. Even running for the bus was like, I'll just get the next one. (laughs) I'm crap at running. Like I'm so bad at it. Like so unbelievably terrible at running. Um, So the fact that I managed to pass that finish line on marathon day was I, I, I cried for like six hours. 
I was uh, partly because I was in so much pain, but <laughs> but also because I was like, I did it. I did it. I can't believe that my body is capable of this. So I, th- I feel like just putting more weight and gravitas on things that are important to you, not what you think are important to other people. Because I feel like we put weight on other people's opinions on how we look as opposed to how comfortable we are with how we look. Um, so just think of like the things that are so important to you, regardless of whether they're about your your appearance or not. You know, how good you are as a sister, a friend, a mother, a whatever. Um, you know, that you might be really creative and you love telling stories like I do, or you might be a, a singer, you might be a, you know, you might be a therapist and you help people all the time or a, a nurse, you know, anything, all of these things that, that people do that then get forgotten about because we're so focused on how our bodies look and how other people are perceiving us. So I feel like asking questions like what's the most interesting thing about you that is nothing to do with your appearance and making people think about that and hold those things closer and dearer is so important and I think that's a really good first step to ignoring how you look and not putting so much weight on on that yeah the the term like body neutrality yes I love that so much body positivity where it's kind of in sort of sort of insinuates that you have to love yourself all the time and I think well, for me personally, that's not realistic. But with body neutrality, I mean, I don't really care about the label per se, and it's just a name. But it's about, yeah, how you look is the least, least interesting thing about you. And rather than kind of focus on your appearance, it's like, I love my legs because they get me from A to B. Yeah. Like, it's just things like that. And I think that's a really positive step forward. I yeah. love, you know, I love the idea of body positivity and body confidence. Um, but like you said, it it's not always realistic. You are going to have ups and downs. And I feel like then as soon as you have a day where you're like, oh, I really hate how I look today, you feel like you failed. You feel like you haven't succeeded in, in your body confidence journey. So as soon as you start thinking about other things and you're thinking you know it doesn't it doesn't matter it doesn't matter how I look today because I've got stuff to do that doesn't require me to look a certain way I've, I've got more important things to be dealing with mm, that I feel like one of the things I love about you is like how um how good you are at setting boundaries you might disagree with oh, me oh god <laughs> no okay no um, not even a little bit I try so hard. I try so hard. (laughs) I always really admired that about you. And I wondered if um, maybe not, but do you you have like advice for that? I'm terrible at it. Like if people talk about my weight in a derogatory way or just if about generally or like, yeah, just putting up with like, I don't know, not so toxic people, just like not that great people. But I feel like you're good at that. I'm definitely better at it than I used to be. And I've made a real like conscious effort to be better at it now. Yeah. Um, Because at the start of like my life online, before musical theatre, um, I was just such a massive oversharer, but about things that I would never share now. And I felt like I was um, setting my boundaries very close to home and I was letting people get much, much closer to me than I really realised. Um, and I also just didn't think about how maybe in the future resetting those boundaries a little bit further away would then be really difficult because once you've set a boundary and then you sort of take it away or or, or build that boundary up higher suddenly people then question why they don't have as much access to you as they used to and suddenly you know when you used to talk about the ins and outs of your relationship and then someone asks you a question you're like oh actually I'm not comfortable answering that they're like well why because you talked about it last time or yesterday you had you know you had that conversation with us um And now I've just learned that I can't care about whether people get pissed off about where my boundaries are and what my boundaries are. Like, my boundary is my boundary. And if you aren't going to respect it, 
I'm not going to suddenly change it for you and give you the access to me that you require or need. Um, And I'm going to butcher this quote, but I definitely saw a quote recently um, where it said something along the lines of the the only people that are going to be annoyed about your boundaries are the people that benefited from you having none in the first place. Yeah, whereas people that just respect you and like, you know, just like normal people admirers what they would just go do you know what fair enough and I think people change as well like like you said like you started off doing like the vlogging and things like that and then you just you grow as a person and you change and like people are allowed to change like like we are ever evolving yeah. whether that's our weight or our values or our boundaries or things like that and and actually just get with the program or fuck off yeah <laughs> well the reason we call the podcast go love yourself is because if you don't like what we talk about or if you yeah basically you can yeah, go you can fuck, just yourself. fuck yourself what... <laughs> those are the only two options thank you very much listeners <laughs> Um, we we cannot let you go without talking about Les Mis and I'm really sorry you probably talk about this all the time and again I have my hands to my face because this is my excited <laughs> face um, we both we've seen I can't I can't count how many times I've seen Les Mis Laura I don't know about you like more, maybe even double figures but when the um, stage concert got announced in what 2019 2018 we rushed for tickets and it was without a doubt of all the things I've ever seen it was the best thing I've ever yeah. seen Yay. in my entire Genuinely. life oh, thank like, you yeah. so much I said this to Matt Lucas when we were filming Bake Off I was like I don't want to like minimise it by saying oh it was just a stage concert because it was like but I, I'm, that, that's how good it was is that I'm saying it was a stage concert none of like the full work and it was hands down the most incredible thing I've ever seen Never felt anything like yeah, it. Yeah, I think it's because it's just, you know, Les Mis is sung through, it's all music. So when you are focused to, uh, you are forced to focus on nothing but the music, it's suddenly just unreal. It, and having the orchestra on stage, I can't remember how big oh that orchestra was, God. but it was huge. It was huge. It was like a 40, 50 piece orchestra. Maybe it was more than that, but it was like 60. I can't remember. It was a big, wow. big, big orchestra. And to have them on stage with us, I mean, it's nothing like I'd ever done before and probably won't ever do again. And it, I just, yeah. And I'm I'm like a massive Lamers fangirl as well. Like, I know, it's really huge. special to you, isn't it, the show? Yeah. And you're the first person to have ever played Eponine as a child and an adult and then Fonty. People like, tell me this, but I don't know if that's true, but I don't think there's any way to... I don't think there's any way to fact check it, though, so I'm just going to say <laughs> it's true and hope that no one actually figures out that it's not. Um, but yeah, I, I, that's what I am told. Uh, I played Little Eponine when I was seven um, at the Palace Theatre and then... Uh, fought my way back into the show when I was 20 to play Eponine um, and then yeah and then played Fontaine in the stage concert and then moved with it to like the big full new version at the Sondheim um, and yeah the show is so so special to me because it was the show that made me fall in love with musical theatre I really? you know b- before being in it as a kid I just loved it my mum won tickets um, to go and see it at the Palace Theatre when I was three she took me three-year-old to go and see it. I fell asleep in the interval and she had to take me home. Um, oh, I'd be so pissed. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, but it just started my love affair with musical theatre and I've, I've loved it ever since. And I, it is my favourite musical of all time and, and will always be. Um, now, also, you know, jo- not just because it was the show that started off my love affair with musical theatre, but because I've just got such fond memories of being yeah. in it. And for so long, God, I was in it for ages. I was in it for <laughs> two years and eight months, the first stint wow. that I did. That is a long run, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and it was in like what I think of as my most formative years as well, because I was 20. 20 years old. You're a I, was like a, I was a baby. I was a baby. I was a fetus. Yeah. 
um, and I was in it until I was 23. And I felt like, you know, your early 20s are when you probably make the most mistakes and you, you learn the most because you're suddenly let into the world of adulthood, but not quite an adult yet. <laughs> um, and I did that all to the backdrop of London's longest running West End show, which is pretty terrifying, but also pretty cool. That's so cool. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. That. What's your favourite Les Mis song? Little Fall of Rain will always... I just love it oh, so much. yes. It kills me. I really want to get that tattooed. Yeah. Um, I'm, not, I'm not like... Yeah, I'm a bit scared of like needles and stuff, and I don't know if I would ever do it, do but it. if I was ever going to get one, it would be that. Do it. I'm, I'm a bit of a tattoo fiend. Do it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can we all sing it as the outro? Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> Oh my god, this is literally I'm gonna cry. <laughs> this is so scary. Like, so honestly, can I just tell you this really embarrassing story? Yes, I please. remember like yeah. two years ago before I went on makeup. And uh, I was chatting to my husband Matt about something and he was like, What are you laughing at? I was like, Oh, it's just my friend Carrie and he was like, Oh, I've never heard you speak of someone with Carrie and I was like, Oh no, it, she, he was like is that like the one the musical theatre that you follow that you're like in love with? And I was like, yeah. And he told everyone that he was like, Laura thinks she's friends with her. And now I can be like, Aah! in your face, Matt. Oh my gosh. Yes, I win the I, I win not being the most fangirl today then because she cheats her but from smiling. Oh my god. <laughs> And now I can't even remember how a little fall of rain goes. That's, what, that's no, right. Don't look at me. No, don't look at me. I can't remember how it goes. I can only give you 17. That's about Die it. Die hard fan. <laughs> I mean, it's 17. <laughs> Is that so hard <laughs> to do? You guys said you that couldn't sing. <laughs> well, we sing in the shower. We sing in the shower. We're not as good as you, but we'll sing. We'll try. Um, that's, oh, Heather's Heather's and Lamey is literally like up there, and yeah, They're so good, so good. Carrie, thank you so much. Thank like, we've you. Loved having you on. This has been a and dream. my cheeks literally hurt, and my face has gone really hot as well. <laughs> Genuinely, just thank you so much. It's been so lovely to meet you. Thank you for having me. I I was so excited when you asked me. So thank you. Thank you, Carrie. We love you. So for today's On The Plus Side, I wanted to share this lovely message that we had that someone emailed to us. And Laura, are you ready for this story? I'm ready. So our lovely listener says, this podcast is just what I needed at the right time. I can't thank you two enough for doing this and putting yourself out there. The world needs more of this. I'm already going to cry. <laughs> it's really nice. <laughs> um, so she continues, over the course of my late teens, I ended up losing a substantial amount of weight and kept it off by doing a popular diet program. Uh, but I still had an unhealthy relationship with food and felt unworthy because I was never skinny enough. So she says, um, she said that she made a resolution to do no diet programs in 2022, but she said it's been harder than she expected because she gained weight and clothes didn't fit as well. And she says this past week, I've started to wanting to do a program again. And I went for it three days in, I found myself sneaking a few chocolate chips because they wouldn't count if I just had a few. But in that moment, I had your two voices in my head and realised that's diet culture. What the fuck does that mean? They don't count. And who cares if they count anyway? And Laura, on that, she cancelled her subscription and deleted the app. So I'm already loving this, but this just last bit is so lovely. Now I've started reading about intuitive eating and I'm trying to look in the mirror and be less judgmental of my body. I hear all bodies are good bodies in my head and sometimes thank my body for what it does and tell it good body, which I think is so cute. 
I'm looking at buying clothes I love rather than just because they fit my frame or would be flattering. That is something we need to talk about because that's that's the thing. That's amazing. I'm reframing my thoughts about other people's bodies. I know this journey isn't easy and I'll regress, reset and repeat. However, your podcast came into my life at a time I needed it most and I wouldn't be making the changes I am without it. You're both a joy to listen to and I feel like I'm listening to friends. Oh my God. I mean... That's so lovely to hear, isn't it? It makes it all worth it. Um, We were really nervous when we first started the podcast thinking... Mm -hmm. Is anyone going to listen to it? (laughs) Is anyone going to care? Will it resonate with anyone? But I think it really has resonated. Um, Whether you're plus size or smaller or whatever, I think, you know, it's very rare to find anyone that hasn't kind of got, I want to say like food issues, but kind of a, a sort of a strained relationship with their body and their, you know, their diet, what they eat. So we're so, so grateful that like you guys listen and that you kind of resonate and we're just so pleased that that it's helping. And I think this is such an important topic, something that, you know, we're both extremely passionate about, isn't it? And yeah, yeah, just to hear your feedback like that and that it is actually helping, it really does mean the world. So thank you. It means so much. And I think for both of us, like, so we've come so far in this podcast already um, and it's been very emotional for us at times. Like I, and I don't know if you're finding this or I feel like I'm really do sometimes put my feel very vulnerable telling yeah. my story sometimes and being really open about stuff and it's actually quite draining and it's quite it can be really emotional so sometimes you're like god I can't do it I can't do it I can't do it and then you see stuff like that and it's like we have to because yeah, we it can does help make it people it. that's 100%. it and I think I think sharing like my story and like even like personal things about my family like for example mm. that I mean it's one thing to put yourself out there but to then talk about your family and like you know yeah. talk about my dad and what things he said to me and you know my mum and the sort of diet culture cycle that she was in that is you know that was quite challenging but I, I think it's so important and I just feel I feel really privileged to be in this position now to be able to say to people like you're not you're not alone and I think like growing up fat um in a bigger body and just like I always talk about this but being like hyper visible in a bigger body and also completely invisible and sometimes or feeling invisible to the world being like you don't matter because unfortunately as a society we put the emphasis on thin is great and fat is not Mm. and it's not about health it's about thin uh and these kind of beauty standards and the you know weight stigma I talk about it it is a lot more common and I think whether you're a size six or 26 like we all have like hang-ups and we all have these kind of as I say these kind of issues around our body image and actually when you kind of just delve into a bit deeper and go like why do I why do I have those oh is it because of diet culture or is it because someone's actually profiting it goes back to like the patriarchy like okay oh so we're supposed to be like small and quiet and no you know if we're fat then it must mean that we're unhappy oh actually no no Uh, no. we're just we're just fat we're just here And that's exactly it. It's just about existing as you are in your body. Some people are thin, some people are fat, some people are tall, some people are short. And let's just say, you know, go back to what we talk about all the time. The way you look is the least interesting thing about you. Let's just talk about something else because diets, diet culture, what people look like, fucking boring. I don't want to talk about it anymore. (laughs) Oh, well, we really hope you've enjoyed this episode and we will see you here next week. Love you. Bye. That was Go Love Yourself, brought to you by Simply Be. Crowd Network, a place where you belong.
Hello, I'm La La La, let me explain. And this is, it's not you, it's them, but it might be you. I'm here to answer all your questions around love, relationships, sex, dating dilemmas, and anything else you throw my way. Join me three times a week as we work through the depths of this intimacy pool together. From Sony Music Entertainment, listen and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.